0: Guide on reframing your mind to understand and to like reading and then a couple steps to start and a couple more steps to help with the comprehension and then a couple more steps
1: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Spreading Success Podcast. My name is Ram Raviv, and I am your host. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Mike Cimarelli Jr. Mike, how are you doing today, man?
0: Yeah, I'm doing fantastic.
1: Man, we talked so much yesterday. We dropped some crazy value that will be shared 100% on this podcast. No secrets, not, not holding anything back, straight value for the listeners. And I'm really excited for this episode, man.
0: Me too, man. I'm stoked. I've never been on a podcast before. So this is my first one. And I think I'm gonna have to kick your ass if you get me addicted to this. <laughs> because then I'm gonna be buying all sorts of stuff and like setting up my room. Look at that behind him. And have to set up my room like that.
1: Yeah. I mean we're gonna we're gonna have to get you started on your own podcast, hopefully soon. I'm um,
0: down. I'm down. I'm already down. It's been we'll, like thirty seconds.
1: <laughs> we'll be doing that as well. Um, But for the listeners that are not really familiar with you, don't know who you are, obviously, this is only your first podcast episode, by the way, very honored for, you know, to be the first podcast host. But so for the listeners that are not familiar with you, just give them a 60 second overview. Who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about. Sure.
0: Uh, my name is Mike Cimarelli. I'm a multi-entrepreneur, but really I'm an artist and creator. So my passions in life are all creative. I have a ton of different random hobbies. I'm an avid musician. I love to sing. I can shred on the guitar. I like to build stuff. I build guns. I build motors. I build cars, motorcycles, computers, um, I love photography. I've been doing that for a while now. I put together all sorts of random stuff. But anyways, I've had a ton of different sales careers, some really, really quality ones. Um, I've done, I think right now I would say my focus, I know my focus, what am I saying? My focus right now is in real estate, but I've ha- I've sold cars. I've sold high-end construction projects, commercial construction. When I was a little kid, I I, I was on a swim team and my parents didn't have the... They either they didn't have it or they didn't want to get me a bike, like a mountain bike. Mm-hmm. So I realized the fundraiser for the swim team was um it had a prize that was a mountain bike. So I figured out like what everybody else was. you know, when you have a fundraiser for sports, you raise like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I raised twelve hundred. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, I can really like influence people. But anyways, yeah, that's basically me. I have 10 younger siblings. My sisters are in a band called Cimarelli. They've got almost 5 million subscribers on their YouTube channel. Wow. Um, they produce genuine and authentic content that they love. They do a lot of stuff, just acapella and they don't use auto tune. I mean, they just record with a camera in a room and it sounds incredible. Like I have heard it my entire life. I get the chills from it. So yeah, I also have that kind of like older brother side too. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm a multi-entrepreneur. I've always had like little small businesses. Right now, I own a company called Platinum Hill Partners. um, And there is me, Christina, Kira, Chelsea, um, and John and Adam, and Abraham in the company, which is really, really cool because we're able to change the way that people are doing real estate here in Middle Tennessee. We're like the youngest real estate team anywhere (laughs) around here that I can think of. Like Mm -hmm. our youngest person is 18. And so it's just, it's really neat. I'm 30, he's 18. So we got a 12 year gap there, but it's really neat. Um, Some of our goals are like helping people learn the business. Um, That's kind of weird. Like, why would you want to help people learn the business? Well, I want to hire more people (laughs) realistically. And I'd like to have some loyal people that, you know, like they're thankful for what I can give to them. So they give to me, it goes back and forth. So Mm -hmm. anyways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And I know you talked a little bit about your your sales experience, especially when you were a little kid with the swim team competition, but can you kind of walk us through that time period, the middle school, high school, and college years? I know you did a little bit of sales here and there, but how-
0: I did a lot of sales. I can share.
1: Know, a, lot, a lot of sales and things like that. So kind of walk us back in that time period and your entrepreneurial journey and how you came to where you are today.
0: Sure. Um, Oh my gosh! My dad is a commercial contractor. He used to do residential. Uh, my dad taught me how to build stuff at a young age. Like, I mean, like six, seven. My dad had a Mustang Cobra, and he's like, "Mikey, I'm gonna put a cold air intake on the car. Do you want to learn how?" And I was like, "What is that?" And like, you know, like put that on with him, and I was like, blown away. My whole world changed. I was like, you can modify cars yourself. So I started like getting into like mechanics and fixing. Like literally at age eight or nine, um, I. Bagged and bagged and bagged till I got a BMX bike this is how I got into sales um, because I would have to get new parts I would break parts like literally the brake handle or this or that and so like my parents wouldn't get me stuff so I'd, I'd be like you know I'd sell them on the idea of either getting me something like for safety that was like when my first kind of cracked into it and then um I would sell them on the idea of the value I could provide. So like, hey mom, you know, dad, can you teach me how to wax the car? Learn how to wax the car. Boom. Hey mom, for 10 bucks, I'm going to wax the car. <laughs> you know, so I started like that and then um I got a wagon and some car wash stuff and I would knock on my neighbor's doors, and I had uh, yellow pieces of paper, you know, Mike's car washing service, you know, I was a little kid, and I'd washed a couple of the neighbor's cars, um, had a couple of neighbors paying me to take the trash cans up and down, so I'd get up, like, on my, I had a motor scooter at that time, um, like, go to the neighbor's houses, actually, I had a bike first, and, like, take the trash up, and usually, when you have two cans, you charge $2 a can, which is so funny, People don't have four dollars. Usually they have five. So usually like you just go five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. That's a cool little weekly thing. I mean, for like thirty minutes you can make like forty-five dollars, which is crazy. If you think about it, that's like ninety dollars an hour, most people don't make anywhere near that. I mean, hopefully most people listening here want to make more than that, but you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Going up from there, started working construction with my old man. And um, he popped me on the phone, dude, I was like 16. He put me on the phone with like executives, like, hi, I'm Mike Cimarelli Jr. at Cimarelli Construction. You know, we did this project together. Usually, which is really cool, they would say like, oh my God, your dad is a bad ass. Your dad is this, your dad is that. Like, I'd love to talk to you. So that's kind of easy, it's not really fair. It's like, a, you know the difference between like a cold call and like a smoldering hot call? so i started with smoldering hot calls basically it was like on the phone asking them for more projects that we could come bid and like dude it was a lot of like really warm receptions but no's and so i started taking a lot of no's and getting really discouraged about age 16. Um, and then i i remember when we got a couple yeses i was like wow and then i saw them come in the office the process started and i realized my call hatched this large project it's kind of cool i don't want to tell anyone what i sold next so skipping that and then going to um pokemon cards i sold the daylights out of those i would play people for pokemon cards and i would kick their ass and take the cards and then i would trade them and sell them <laughs> like you if you want to play me you have to play for the deck
1: The hustle that's the hustle oh
0: for sure you, and i lost a deck one time i was like <laughs> It was probably like a $600 deck. And I was like, oh, (laughs) but anyways, going from that, I got into the car business. I actually went to Grant Cardone's car done training um, (laughs) when I was 18. He was like, you guys, you guys, you just got to imagine the money's in the pocket of the individual in front of you. That's yours, baby. That's yours. I mean, we're talking like, this is 12 years ago. So he (laughs) had like, not gray hair, and he was younger and had more energy. He still has a lot of energy, but he had even more. It's crazy. I did that. I literally, I made a lot of money when I was eighteen. I sold cars, and I was in community college, which we could talk about what I mentioned last yeah. night in a second. I was in community college, and um, I was like spending all this money. <laughs> I drove all over Northern California. I bought myself a brand new 2007 Dodge Ram Hemi truck. When I was eighteen. It's like a quad cab blacked out with Flowmasters out the back, chrome 20s, like leveling kit, sway bar. It was hella cool. And I drove that thing all over California with my girlfriend, like spending the money I was making. I'd like work, 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 work. And like we'd go on a trip somewhere, like combing the – I don't know if anybody listening has been to Northern California, but it's beautiful. Um, I really like gold mines. I had this thing for finding gold mines. Like I would, my mom would read me these stories when I was a little kid and I'd be like, whoa, I really want to see a gold mine. Like, especially the ones that say, do not enter. I'm like, I'm all about it. I want to go. (laughs) So yeah, man, Um, sales like that. And then I got a job. Let's see. So I was dating my girlfriend. That's about 20 years old. I got back into working construction with my dad. The car business was really tough in 2008 a lot of you guys don't remember, but a lot of you do the economic collapse in California, especially Sacramento, like property values went down 50%. Mm-hmm. It went down 7% here in Franklin, Tennessee, where I live. It went down five, zero, five zero fifty 50 percent in Sacramento. So like, it was just like dominoes. Everybody was just losing their stuff. People were committing suicide. Like, I mean, all, all these empty houses they were getting broken into, like dude, people weren't buying cars like to sell cars. Then I remember I was like on the phone trying to give them away. Like trucks were $14,000 off MSRP, <laughs> right? Like, please come buy this. Like we'll give it to you 300 a month. Here you go. Sign up now. And it was freaking crazy at that time. So I got out of that, broke up with my girlfriend craziness and um, moved to Malibu. I had like $5,000 and a jacked up Toyota truck and a DUI. Hmm. So I had no license, but I had a jacked up truck and, um, like 5,000 bucks, 6,000 bucks. And, um, when I got to Malibu I started working out at the gym and like it clicked the gym Malibu gym was sick. It was hella crappy, had crappy carpet, but it was like a family and everybody in there was like buku loaded like celebrities were coming in there. Like Timberland and Jillian Michaels were in there the first day I went in there. I was like, what? I'm And the list is like huge of the people that I knew in there. But anyways, I walked up to the manager and I sold him on giving me a job. That was it. No interview, (laughs) no resume, no application. I just said, you need to hire me. I'm the guy that you've been looking for. I will make this gym awesome. And he was like, do you want to start in three days? And I said, I want to start tomorrow. He said, all right, I'll see you at 4.30 in the morning. And <laughs> I was like, done. <laughs> Showed up there for like 4.25. I was like, oh, what am I doing? Um, I, quickly, um, got, I quickly convinced him to put a commission into effect for selling memberships. And I was just ching, 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 ching. Memberships. I was like flyering parking lots. That gym went from like crappy to pretty awesome. Um, Then I, I got a personal training certificate by like a, not that, it wasn't like NASA or anything, but I got certified as a personal trainer by a smaller company called IFA. And then also as a nutritionist. And I started teaching classes and I had a, a class called booty camp. And it was like, I think it's the best class that was at the gym. It had 20 people in it at a time, which was like pretty awesome. There was another class called spin with Jana and then another one with Larry. It was pretty awesome too, but I like to compete with them. You have to be pretty awesome. And I was like right there. So mm-hmm. that was all sales that got me to that point. But I started learning something um, more recently. So I, I did that for a long time in Malibu and I got into photography. So I started selling my photography. That was really interesting. It's a whole different ball game selling art than it is selling fitness, selling cars. It's crazy, dude. It's like, once you, this is, I'll just share this right after this next part. I got back into the car business when I moved to Tennessee, I just finally got out of Malibu. I was like, you know what? This is like, you know, rent is like three grand a month. I'm a single guy, like freaking can't pay for it anymore. Like, you know, like trying to move in with my brother and like, you know, like the taxes there are high. The gas is like four eighty a gallon. Like, you know, like, what am I doing? Um, moved to Tennessee after I came out here a few times and I was like, whoa. And I got back into the car business and I kicked ass when I was there. That was so, so, so fun. But I learned it's not about sales. Mm-hmm. Like sales, the good salesmen are not salesmen. They are influencers and they are artists that create solutions, mm-hmm. which is the biggest nugget I have ever ever picked up so after like 15 years of quote sales i unsold myself
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i so i think the biggest value add that you could pick up from all of this is like stop selling and become an artist Mm
1: -hmm.
0: stop selling and become an artist selling dude yeah it's a great book (laughs) but um there's like five books that have something with the art of selling in the title Mm -hmm. I think there's one called The Art of Selling that I read years ago, Um, but that's it, is uh, stop selling and become an artist. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I definitely want to touch up on something that I think you missed out, and it's probably one of the the craziest things that I've heard that we, we discussed last night, which was your upbringing, not only in terms of business, but in terms of your knowledge and and education system and how that all came to be that's one of the most unique stories so why don't you just share that with the audience and uh tell them uh, how you got here basically
0: yeah so i've never been to school and um i've never been in a classroom um (laughs) when i i did go to community college for a little bit and that was cool that was really neat but um It was not for me. The reason it was not for me is because the learning pace was so slow (laughs) and the teachers were biased, whatever it was, politically, socially, whatever. First of all, if you're trying to teach me how to write a paper, I want you to teach me how to write a paper. I am paying you and you owe it to me to teach me how to write a paper without your bias. (laughs) I don't want your bias. I didn't sign up for biased English. So beat it. That's literally how, like, I'm very aggressive. That's how my brain sees it. So my mom, first of all, is a saint. She is like the smartest thing I've ever seen. My mom, like, got a teaching credential somehow, like, started a private school called Moreau Academy. Mm -hmm. And she just homeschooled us. Dude, and she turned out, like, you should see my siblings. Like, holy crap my mom churned out like 11 brilliant kids Mm -hmm. like it's crazy dude my 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 little brother like wakes up at four in the morning and practices like trigonometry or calculus and he does like computer programming he learns he i think he knows like two or three different languages then he reads like at a very high rate at a very high level then he works for my dad and then he plays guitar like And he's a good looking dude. That's hella athletic. (laughs) I'm just like, what? That's just one example.
1: It's just about the school system and, and what they actually teach and what is actually valuable. So if you weren't in school, what was your main way other than experiences, stuff like that to, to learn what, what did you do? How are you self-educating yourself?
0: That's a great question. Um, I could think of three ways. Mm -hmm. The first one is going to sound hella cheesy mentors. Um, And I did not call mentors. My dad had a mentor because his dad died when he was 11. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad had like a guy, like these Italians first that took him under their wing, crazy Italians. Then after that, he had another mentor in construction. So I naturally like took that on to like, I took it on to like make friends with my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would make friends with guys that had cool stuff that I wanted. And I thought that was really smart. I'm like, that guy's got a $180,000 car. I'm going to be friends with him. (laughs) I'm like, 15. Hi, how's it going? Can I see your car? Dude, like the cool (laughs) thing about being young, the the coolest thing you have about being young, a lot of people think, oh, I'm so young. Like, I can't do this. No, you're so young that those people are going to give you a chance because they know you can't do it and you probably could. (laughs) Like, I would just walk into, like, people's driveways when I see them there with their car and, like, ask them to look at it. Next thing you know, I'm driving it. (laughs) Dude, I have this story that happened over and over and over again. Like, ask my sister Lisa. For some reason, like, Lisa used to be my car buddy. I'd, like, pull up at our house with a new car, a Ferrari, a Corvette, a Maserati, you know, this or that, a Lamborghini, a Mercedes. (laughs) One of the first M6s that ever came out like people used to just give me their cars. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the first thing was mentors. I like, I would hang out with older people that knew how to do stuff. um, Because I wanted to do it. So Mm -hmm. I want to learn how to skateboard. I hung out with someone that learned how to skateboard. My my friend, Paul, God bless him. I wanted to learn how to play guitar. He was in this garage playing guitar. I was like walking up the street. I was like, holy crap, that guy's really good. What I do?
1: Walked made up, friends to him. with him. That's
0: yeah, true. I walked right up. I was like, "Hey, man!"
1: It's really that easy. I
0: have man. a guitar. I don't know how to play anything, but if you teach me, I'll jam with you. And he was like, Ew. "He was like, yeah, dude." And now I'm a really good guitar player. Like I'm a, I just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the the next thing um, after that was um, I learned by touching, by building things and making mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I never took a class to build an engine, but I have built most of a Chevy 350. I built a Ford 281 4.6 high output Mustang engine, like from the block all the way up. Um, Yeah, me and my brother Alex did it. And like, you know, just off of like schematics and like just reading the directions. Mm -hmm. And nobody taught us how to do that. Finally, when we were like confused at the end, like we called a couple mechanics on Craigslist, like, can you come over and help us with this? We'll give you a hundred bucks. And they were like, sure. And so like, I gave them a bunch of beer and they did way more than they said they would for a hundred (laughs) bucks. I was like, I had a beard when I was like young so I could buy beer. (laughs) But anyways, then the third way is reading. Now, I'm like Mr. ADD. My mom used to call me Mr. ADD. I am super hyperactive. My mind goes a million miles an hour and my thoughts go a million and a half miles an hour. Yeah. So how in the world, dude, I literally could not focus on anything that had to do with a book because a book was boring. I'm good with numbers. When I was a kid, I was doing uh, fourth grade level math when I was six. And like wow. my mom just like, She just got me a book for first grade and I blew through it and she was like, well, he doesn't need to do this again. Like here's second grade. And I blew through that one too. Here's third grade, blew through that one too. Here's fourth grade. And then it started slowing me down (laughs) and it's like, why would I have to go through four years of school to get there? You mean because some freaking old person tells me that I have to go at a slower pace. That's nonsense. Yeah. Like what right do you have to put a dampener on my education? Like I want to learn faster and I shouldn't have to pay to go to like a high, high, high end, like super private school, not even a regular private school, like a super mm-hmm. private school to learn how to do that. Yeah. So, and then the, the third way was reading. Um, This is what I was saying with the ADD thing. Like mm-hmm. I finally figured out that I have a laser focus and I mean, I've read like a thousand books. It's crazy. And I've read a lot of books. Now, granted, I've skimmed a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll get a chapter here, chapter there, skim, 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 chapter, chapter. Um, But like, I love books. I became a voracious reader. I think that it's very, very important. Like a lot of people go to college and then they, you know, it takes up your time. And <laughs> you know, Tell you... Tell me what you think about books. Like until we talked yesterday, Th- tell me what you were thinking about books.
1: So for me, books is something that I I just have a, a burning desire to get into. I I read occasionally. I I'm not an avid reader yet, but we're going to change that shortly. But in terms of, of reading, the school system completely destroyed my 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 potential love for reading and understanding and comprehending at a different level because I was forced to read things that I didn't like and neither did any of the other kids. And it was not proving to be valuable for me and did not help me get ahead in life. And it was just complete boring stuff. And of course you have to do boring things in your life. That's, that's not what I'm saying, but in terms of reading, it just, it's hurting me now when I want to read books that are productive for me, business books, entrepreneur spirit, all that stuff that, that I'm interested in, but because of not only the technology, like you were talking about, you know, not used to sitting there for long-term concentration, it's just it just looking at words for things that I don't like doing in school really turned me off to the idea of reading as a whole, which is impacting me now. And obviously, like I said, we're going to discuss that and and things that you've used the actionable steps to get people to love reading and to not only love reading but to comprehend it at a much larger rate than most people usually are.
0: Heck yeah! So basically, what Correct me if I'm wrong, but basically, what you just told me is because of the way that reading was brought to you, mm-hmm. right? It looks like it sucks. Yep. It's boring. It's a book full of words that has nothing to do with your inner potential and yeah. nothing to do with what you're doing in the future. Yeah. That's horrible. Books. When I look at books now, I didn't, it wasn't always this way, but when I look at books now, Like a stack of books, it like turns me on. I get excited. There's a bunch of knowledge that's gonna make me happier and smarter, and 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 fill me with wisdom. Like my inner bank account is gonna grow from all that knowledge right there. And it's like I can't wait to read it. I can't read fast enough to quench it. You know what I mean? I got all this other stuff going on, but it's like that's how my dude. And not even just like. A certain type of books, like a lot of people start by reading these like clickbaity books, which I mentioned. Yeah. That's okay, but you really should get to a point where you're going on some of the deeper subjects. Mm-hmm. One thing that I learned, um, and I would say that I learned from guys that make over—I thought it was a hundred, but it's more like fifty—guys that are worth more than like fifty million and less, but still mostly the ones that are over fifty—they read all sorts of stuff. Religion, politics, global events, socioeconomic policy, like all sorts of stuff. Business, autobiographies, like, like from all sorts of different wakes of life. Like, do you know who Lee Iacocca is?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so.
0: Okay. Lee Iacocca is a brilliant man. He is a brilliant automotive designer. He designed the Ford Mustang mm-hmm. and other things. But anyways... I'm not going to get into like the whole history, but reading like biographies of like people like that, um, and how they lived their life and the challenges that they had. Whether it's Lee Iacocca or Malcolm X or FDR or Bill Clinton, you know, out there assassinating people right now or whoever it is, you know what I mean? I'm just joking. <clears throat> Don't kill me.
1: <laughs> but you
0: know what I mean. Um, whoever it is, like there's something really, really special with um, understanding how great people lived their lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, even like Harriet Tubman—that's a fantastic thing to study, right? Yeah. Um, all these, all these people, noteworthy individuals. Like I've noticed that people read biographies and autobiographies of these great people, and then they compile like that knowledge and that wisdom in their head, and then they use it later.
1: It's mm-hmm. Pretty actually, it's yeah. really simple. Yeah, the uh, the experiences that people go through in other books like you said they take those knowledge and experience and they put that into whatever business they're working on and that builds the experience because they're learning from mistakes that potentially other people made and then they're incorporating that into a business that's why you know reading books about business how to make money and things like that is very important it's crucial to to read those types of books as well but for for more of an avid reader and people that read um, in a lot more depth, this is definitely something to look at, even if you're not interested in uh, in becoming, you know, an artist or something like that, or just even reading autobiographies are very, very important. So what would you think, what, what kind of actionable steps do you think you can give to the listeners, including myself? Heck yeah. Can help me get back into, uh, like, get rid of the stereotype that school has brought me, and I'm sure has brought tons and tons of listeners that are listening to this, so what you got for us
0: let me give you guys a tactical guide on reframing your mind to understand and to like reading and then a couple steps to start and a couple more steps to help with the comprehension and then a couple more steps to help with the discipline
1: perfect you ready
0: all right so step number one is put your freaking phone down for one hour a day put it down get your phone away Don't even look at it. Put it in another room and turn it off, okay? And then you're going to start jonesing, okay? But you have to be able to put your phone down if you want to read. The Most people, whether you admit it or not, the reason they don't read stuff is because they can't stop looking at their phone. And if they can't stop looking at their phone, then how the hell are you supposed to comprehend what's on the pages? If you can't comprehend what's on the pages, then how the hell are you supposed to learn something from the book? And if you can't learn something from the book, then why why the hell are you reading it?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's the psychology of, like you were talking about earlier, just the constant swipe, 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 swipe. And then it's the addiction, oh, did somebody text me? Oh, I need to check, check, check. I do the same thing. I'll go on Instagram. I'll press the home button and I'll click back on Instagram. I won't even realize that I'm doing it. It's an addiction. And the people who are running these these tech companies, they know what they're doing. They know how to keep you looped on there. And it's ruining the psychology when you want to sit down for even 10 minutes and just comprehend something and read and then remember it when you're done because Instagram and, and things like that, it's, they're not meant for you to to comprehend and remember. It's just meant for you to, to keep your brain uh, visually entertained.
0: Yeah, well, yes. I think what you're saying is it's, psychologically damaging people's ability to focus. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very disturbing. It's, It's the truth. So listeners, you can either be a victim, you can either be reactive or proactive. So that's up to you. But in my opinion, so like I just went to the gym and what I did was I left my phone in the car and I took my, an old iPhone 5S, which is actually a lot stronger than the new one and i don't have it on wi-fi but i have a bunch of music downloaded on it so it's not bouncing around in my pocket like my my big fat iphone xr um but it's got the music on it so i can still listen to music i can still crank away i had a killer workout i had no distractions i talked to like three new people at the gym and i was like wow and this is only the second time i've done this i am totally doing this every time the gym is now going to be my phone free space because I kept bringing my phone and, and same thing, like habitually, if I go to check the song, I might as well enter my password and go to the home screen and go to Instagram. Did somebody yeah. post something? Yeah. Why do I give a crap if somebody posted something?
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter. Like, oh my God, cool picture of your house or your
1: face. Nice. <laughs> cool. A picture
0: of your face. <laughs> I'm glad you did your makeup like that. Or I'm glad you got a haircut. Like, Why? So anyways, so the first thing you do is put your phone down for an hour. Okay, um the second thing to do is get get acquainted with your wants, okay, write down what you have a burning desire to learn. It doesn't even have to be burning, but it should be like you might want to learn how to get better in um, let's just say sales, okay sales is a great topic there's a ton of information on it so. Pick a short, don't start with the biggest book. Pick a short book with big words. Just (laughs) go to the library or go to the the Barnes and Noble and pick an easy read. Why, Mike? Why? You know, this is BS. No, it's not BS. This is very smart. You take a short book that's easy to read because you give yourself a small attainable goal and you kill it. Mm -hmm. And you look at yourself like, holy crap, that was easy. And you get a bigger book and read it. And when you read, there are two very important things that I like to do. And actually I don't do them anymore, but this is how I got into reading. The first thing you do is you read out loud to yourself in your head. Okay. And you listen to the words, and you might have to read the page twice, and that's okay. You might even have to highlight it or take some notes. You should probably have a notepad or better yet, um, like a journal next to you, so you can take notes. It's stupid not to take notes. What, you don't have an extra 13 seconds to write down a sentence? Like, if you really don't think that, then you should not be on social media at all, because you're blowing time. You can just go to your screen time and just look at how much time you spend, and then tell me you don't have an extra two, three minutes to write down six sentences. Exactly. Okay. So, right, so break it open, and set an easy, reasonable goal. Like, I'm gonna read 15 pages before I can go back to my phone, or 25 pages, you know, it'll get to the point where you read 50 pages at a time. Yeah. And if you're reading like two chapters at a time, or even just one chapter, um, you're going to blow through books pretty quickly, you know, probably every like two weeks, books like 14, 16, 20 chapters usually. Mm -hmm. So you'll start reading books every two weeks, you read two books a month, right? Oh my God, well, check that out. That's 24 books a year. Crazy. After 10 years, you've read 240 books, just reading one chapter a day. That's not very hard to think about all the stuff you can add to your head. Think about you're 18 right now. All of a sudden you're 28. You didn't really spend that much time reading, but you read 250 books. You There's so much crap that you would now know from yep. reading all that stuff. Yep. Right. So, um, That's the second thing. Now eventually you're going to disconnect the speech from your head, but you have to start by, in my opinion, you have to start by putting your phone away for one hour a day, because you have to retrain your brain to be okay without checking it every couple seconds, because that is why you can't read. I asked uh, my mom who taught us how to read, but I asked her this a long time ago, like, you know, how do I do it? She's like, well, you just have to get yourself to focus. I'm like, well, that doesn't really help me. And I realized I don't really have to get myself to focus. I just have to get myself not, I just have to not be unfocused. Yeah. So there's a couple things that unfocus me and colorful things unfocus me and my phone unfocuses me, and, mm-hmm. you know? So anyways, just ditch that and read out loud to yourself and take some notes and read things that you want to learn. Like, have a desire to figure out what this man spent all this time, or this woman spent all this time, like, formulating into thoughts and then writing. Like, yeah. if it, it's probably good, and it's probably important, especially if it's on your subject.
1: Yeah. it's It's interesting how you talked about reading, kind of having the inner voice read the words along. I've looked at a lot of videos on explaining how to comprehend, not only to, to be able to focus, but to comprehend. And a lot of them talk about taking notes and highlighting and, and then like just coming back to a book again and just reading the chapter summaries. But just finding that thing, and, and you've stressed it, that it's it's one of the most important things to do, especially when getting started, just to develop that, that comprehension ability. And it's interesting that you say that because I've never seen that or anything even close to that in any of the the videos, any people that I've asked about this. So that's a pretty unique insight that I think a lot of people are going to be able to learn from.
0: I mean, I hope so. If I could help, just help you, um, then I did something great. I just got off the phone before I called you with a friend from LA and she's like, how are you going to help people? And I was like, I know that I'm going to help people because I have a lot of stuff that I can share. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been all around the world, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've been to like almost thirty countries. You know what I mean? Like I've I've traveled and met people from all different wakes of life. I've wined and dined with them and and picked their brains and like I yeah. can't help myself. And like I you know I'm not just some like dumb American as they call yeah. it which I don't believe in that anyways, but I'm not just like some dumb stereotypical American that's never traveled anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? I actually never even went to school. Yep. <laughs> but um
1: exactly and yeah. So speaking of your experiences and how you've done things that a lot of people haven't even experienced, like your your network, and I know you talked about this that that people that made over fifty million dollars sh- or explained to you what what you really need to get done. But and I know you talked about how how you networked with them through just literally going to their houses. But I know we talked about this last night on the call. But your network, like you were explaining, is insane. You said the contact list worth billions and billions of dollars. Other than, than just doing that thing you did as a kid, what, what ways do you use to connect with some of the biggest people in, in the world, ultimately?
0: Being genuine and authentic is the key, mm-hmm. hands down. You are a damn fool, not you, whoever. <laughs> you're a damn fool if you are trying to fish in a pond with no fish. Yeah. Okay? If you're trying to date, you are a damn fool if you are not in the right dating market. You are a damn fool if you're trying to make high value connections in an area with no high value connections, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: point blank. So why am I saying that? Okay. You need to go to an area with those connections. So I was lucky enough to be in Malibu at the gym. Think about this for a second. There's only two gyms over there, right? Mm -hmm. So each of the gyms and Malibu has a ton of money. So when you're working out, it's it's crazy, man. Like the the, I ended up getting up to like almost thirty dollars an hour average, right? It's pretty good because I was doing classes and this and that and like, but it, I, I made so much more than that in knowledge and connections. Why? Well, have you ever heard the saying that everybody tells bartenders stuff? <laughs>
1: yeah. Like
0: people tell bartenders everything. Yeah. Well, they also tell the guy at the gym. I don't know why, but it's like, (laughs) think about this. Like somebody comes up to you, their endorphins are going crazy. They're caffeinated out of their mind, (laughs) kind of like I am right now. And they just want to share something, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like wildly successful people I've noticed are more likely to share knowledge and like not all their knowledge, but share a lot of knowledge with young people than regular people that are struggling. Regular. Yes. They have potential. And also the, the smarter guys, the big fish, like they are not insecure about giving away ideas usually.
1: Yeah. You know, scarcity. there's no scarcity in, in the knowledge that you can provide to others. And think about it. If imagine if you were on your phone in the gym, you would not have been able to connect with them as much. So you kind of put oh, that yeah. away and that, that allowed you. So think about all the people that want to talk to all these big names and they're on their phone they could be talking to the, the gym. The, the guy named uh, Jack next to them could be a billionaire. They won't know because they didn't ask. They didn't. Oh,
0: for sure. I'll give you the biggest tip is say hi to everyone. Learn how to make jokes off the top of your head. Just pull them out of your rear end. So I, when I worked at the gym, I worked at the front desk, and I also taught classes, and I did personal training. When I worked at the front desk, that was the least amount of money per hour. Mm-hmm. But I said hi to every single person that walked in like they were a celebrity that I was obsessed with. (laughs) Hey, Mark, hey, Katie, hey, Larry, hey, Diamond, what's up, man? Nice to see you. And dude, when you call somebody by their name and you tell them it's nice to see them, that's a nice, that's a huge deal that people don't get. Like most people nowadays, especially introverts, sorry guys, but you (laughs) introverts, Need to master this, if you want a network. If you don't, that's fine. Disregard this and fast forward. But you introverts, you know, you guys walk by people with your head down.
1: I do that all the time in high school because I don't want to see any of the. Yeah, well, I get it. You don't want to see anybody. It's human nature, honestly. I feel like we're so technologically, like our lives are on our phones that, like we don't want to make that awkward eye contact. So we just put our heads down. And I feel like that's just become more of a, more of a natural thing because of where our lives are are directed mostly.
0: It is, but I'm not like that. I've never been like that mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. I look at every person that walks by me. Um, I'm also very aggressive, as I said earlier, and I'm a big guy, but I wasn't always a big guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was skinny. People used to push me around. Like just in the last couple of years, I've built enough muscle mass to where... People don't say, excuse me anymore. They say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I told someone the other day, like being like 215 and, and muscular is the difference in excuse me and I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I
0: think so. Oh, so anyways, yeah, that's the big thing, man, is, is saying hi to people, taking um, a second to remember their name. Like, Rom, I remembered your name. Hey, man, how's it going? It's really nice to see you. Isn't that cool?
1: Yeah. Versus- it Makes me hey. feel special, you know? You like are I'm special. Like like you took the, that I'm not just some random person you said hi to, you don't remember their name. It's you putting the effort and like you said, being genuine and authentic, caring about who they are and what they're doing and what they're up to and how you can provide value and help them out. And it's really, anyone does not have to be strictly business connections that what what you're talking about now is for, for any kind of connection, whether that be, you know, significant other friends, best friends, business partners, or just people to know, you know, it's good to know people in general, you never know when, when they're going to need you, you're going to need them and just the value exchange that that's really where it's at. Hell yeah. I wanted to talk about something that, that I was struggling with and this is something that a lot of especially the young entrepreneurs struggle with and it's the the finding the like-minded people in your area and this oh. this is the issue this this is the juicy topic because in, in my situation and and we'll kind of talk about how to how to fix that in a second but in my situation Uh, I'm obviously a little bit more ahead than the people that are my age or even the people that are older than me it's just a mindset of maturity and continuous self-improvement you know not going to that club and uh, staying home to to record a podcast or to read or to to do some of those things and not a lot of people basically no one in my area well that I know of so far is has even five percent of that mindset so Every, and like, I know talking about friends, a lot of my friends now have turned to virtual and that's the problem because I don't have the, the human connection. And the only human connection that I do have was with people that are not on the same wavelength as me. So I know a lot of people struggle with this as well. Most of their friends are online. This is why I do a podcast as well to connect with people on a deeper level than just, just a Instagram live or just a DM. And that's, that's why I do it as well to, to really learn, uh, things about people that are like-minded that have gone through different experiences that I can gain value from that are not in my area. So what tips, obviously this is a, a different type of networking. This is, this is building those meaningful connections that the people that bring you up, of course, they're going to be friends that are smarter than you and more, more successful than you. They're going to be friends that are, that are not. And that's just the, the issue with, with living in a place. That's not Entrepreneurville, you know, and, and I don't think that really occurs anywhere. Um, you're always going to have people that, that you've known since forever and and they're going to be your friend and it's not all of them will support what you're doing. Not all of them will understand what you're doing. Um, but right now for me, I'm trying to find more people that are in my mindset to create a human connection through, you know, actually hanging out in person.
0: Oh man, I think you asked the right guy. (laughs) All right. So let me break this down for you. This is very simple, but obviously it's not. So to me, this is a second nature. Mm-hmm. I like, and this is how you do it. So, um, my brother Christian would be a great person for you to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian's hella smart. He's got his shit together. Um, he's moving forward in business rapidly and he's 17. Right. Wow. But you're not going to find him. You know why you're not going to find him? Cause he doesn't go out a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Neither do you. So how do you fix that problem? A lot of guys that are are 18, 17, 19, there's a lot of you out there, trust me. Yeah. But they're really hard to find. Because guess what, Rom? When you walk down the street, when you walk in the grocery store, when you go to school, do you have a sign on your shirt that says, hi, I'm really focused, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm looking to meet some (laughs) like-minded people that are just like me?
1: They got to make a tender for that kind of stuff.
0: (laughs) That's not a bad idea. (laughs) <laughs> that's really not a bad idea. <laughs> so you people can call, in your
1: area, you know, you swipe Uh Oh, I'm a podcaster. Swipe left. And then you connect. Honestly, yeah, just, we, just got to come up with that.
0: That's a great, just, like just quick, but, quick but
1: just because
0: you're on the grind, don't call it grinder. <laughs> okay. So this is how you do it. This is how you do it. I do this all the time. Okay. You start by making as many acquaintances as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. You talk to people, use it as an exercise. Okay. Um, for those of you, well, none of you guys know this cause I dared him last night, but I told Rom, I dare you to make some friends that are in the space that you are that have their shit together mm-hmm. that are going places that are going to add value to your life and encourage you, push you and pull you mm-hmm. to be a better person. Yeah. And he was like, Mike, but the people that are, like their virtual friends, like, you know, like yeah. I, I can't be friends with you, like from way over here, like, dude, I, you know, I can't be friends with people that are doing the same kind of things as me because the ones that I know they're online. Well, the only reason you know them is because, or sorry, the only reason you know that what they're doing is pertinent to what you're doing is because they're putting it online. Yeah. But they're probably not walking through the grocery store. Like I said, wearing a shirt that says, hi, I'm a podcaster. I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing. Yeah. Most of the time they don't. Some people do. They do that when they get to my age. I wear shirts to say, ask me about real estate or Platinum Hill <laughs> Partners, yeah. you know what I mean? Hi, I'm nice, not really, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I wear a lot of shirts that are thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Like I have a whole collection in my closet of different shirts that have funny things on them or sayings or stuff that I support that could be slightly, not offensive, but you know what I mean? Thought provoking yeah. yeah. that people are like, whoa, really? So anyways, Rom, this is how you do it. The first thing you do is you talk to as many people as possible and you be genuine and authentic with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the second thing. The third thing is going to come naturally, but after being genuine with someone for a while and authentic, you ask, you share about yourself and you ask vulnerable questions. Okay. And then you gauge their responses and you judge them. Mm -hmm. People are going to be like, Mike, you asshole. (laughs) But you know what? That's, that's, that's okay. You need to judge people. You need to judge people as a good or a bad fit to being in your life. And you need to do that from a place of humility.
1: It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound good, but it's, it's real. You know, this is getting, for sure.
0: This is like, you know,
1: except everybody judge, like don't judge anyone, but like in reality, like Who's putting you down and who's bringing you up? That's like, yes. it's like, yes, oh, I want to be open to everyone. Like, you know, give the, not saying don't give them a chance, you know, show, let them show their true colors and then, you know, make their appropriate decision. Not everyone that, that shows an effort is meant to be in your life, whether they're amazing people or not. I have some amazing people that in my life, they're just did not fit what I was doing. Did not yeah. And they're great people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're bad people. But if they're not good for me in my situation and what I want to do. Yeah. yeah, I'm not good for them and what they want to do. And that's just how it works.
0: I agree. And you know what? Let me let me drop this. The only people that are afraid of judgment are people that are not confident that what they're doing is good.
1: Mm-hmm. They're not happy with themselves as well. That's yeah. why.
0: So why? Because it's like this, man. If you were to say Mike Cimarelli, like you're stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. If you were to say Mike, you're fat. I'd be like... Oh. Cool. Like, yeah, I'm glad that you're dumb and need glasses. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying like, but there are things that I am still working on being more secure about. Like if you're like, Mike, like your discipline is not where it needs to be. I'd be like, damn it. I know. I know. I'm still working. By the way, I'm doing the 75 hard right now, Andy Frisillas, which is why I'm sitting over here drinking all this water. I've got water bottles everywhere that I just drank from this podcast alone. And um, dude, like the reason I'm doing this challenge is not for the fitness. Although I'm going to get my abs back. I used to have an eight pack and it's coming back. I'm going to get that back. But um, the reason I'm doing this is because I have to stick to a diet and two workouts a day. One has to be outside, and a flipping picture of myself. And I have to read, and mm-hmm. I have to do this every day for seventy-five days. Holy smokes! Yeah, um, that's gonna make like there's gonna be day up. Might get sick. It might be blistering hot out. Might be lightning outside,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I have to
1: do it. Yep.
0: There's no so, so. ifs, ands, or buts about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Crazy, right?
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people that are doing that as well. Um, and some people like to cheat their, their way through it. But obviously, like you said, you can tell who's doing it, and who's not. And at the end of the day, it's just the discipline, and the ability to to say no to that, that extra meal, that not it's raining, you know, I ran, uh, I remember a few weeks ago, I ran when it was like pouring, and it was like midnight. And I was like, I, I didn't do it yet. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going out and I put it on my story. I'm like, guys, like, who cares? You're not going to melt. It's just water. You're going to sweat anyway. You could go back in the shower. And, I, and it was my, my feet, my socks were soaked. I ran. I came back and I was like, I feel, I feel proud of myself. I feel like I did something productive. And it's just the mindset. It's, it's not the actual running. It's just the flick of the switch. So you're like, no, I am going to do this. And you allow yourself to do it. And that's, that's the big changer for me
0: oh yeah running used to be like one of my favorite things i was an avid runner for years i got very 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 into running i used to run a long run once a week like half marathon or 10 miles I used to mm-hmm. do it, like once a week and then i would hit like you know two to five mile runs like every other day
1: mm-hmm. and i
0: used to run like there was actually a point where i kind of balanced it out and i'd run like a 5k every night wow i mean i freaking just ram through it you know like quick too um, there was a point where I could do the devil's five K, which is like three mid sixes, three six minute miles. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like I'd come back just like pumped, man. And like, yeah, I remember those times. I was one sixty five. Six mm-hmm. foot, one sixty five long legs. So I definitely had an advantage. Now I'm six foot like two twenty two. That's mm-hmm. definitely not gonna happen right now. I'd be happy to run three eight minute miles. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but you know.
1: Yeah, I just want to talk about like, just, just in terms of like the, the the final thoughts of this episode, which are what would you get? What kind of advice would you give to someone who has gone through similar things as you? Of course, I don't know if you talked about it as much, but there's been a history of bullying with you as well um, in, in your in your early years and things like that. So, and obviously you've been able to do some crazy numbers in sales, crazy experiences like that. So what are, what is like a, the one general actionable step or or general advice you'd give to someone who either has been through your struggles or wants to achieve some of the things you've been able to achieve so far?
0: Wow. That's a great question. So I, for those of you who are watching on videos, my fingers on both hands are way different than yours. Right, mm. so like when I raise my hand, it looks like I'm flipping you off. Almost, I have a law, but I don't have a middle finger. It's a it's a pointer finger. So flipping you off looks hella funny. I've oh. always wanted to flip someone off <laughs> because I can't. Um, I used to get bullied all the time. One for having a huge family. Two for not going to school. People bullied me for not going to school.
1: Who who Three, bullied you? Who, who
0: who? All sorts of people, like at the, at the park, or at at <laughs> at. at uh um, you know, I was in like Boy Scouts and I was in swim team. I did football camp. They found I a way. Basketball. Society found a way. Oh, dude. Yeah. Who bullied you? Did they, they come out of the woodwork? <laughs> and I told my dad, like, finally, like, what would you do? And my dad's like, well, when I was a kid, these kids were p- picking on me and like, I just threw them off the bus. <laughs> So I remember this kid had said something, re- I'm not going to repeat it on here. Like I'll say the F word all day before I would repeat what this kid said to me when I was like 10. And I threw him off the bleachers. <laughs> and he never did it again. I, know, I was like, I yeah.
1: I don't know if that's uh, advice that, that we should so be giving listen, listen. to young entrepreneurs, but.
0: Listen, I'm getting there. I'm getting <laughs> there, I'm getting there. So this is my younger days. So going forward to now You know what, guys? Stop taking it. If somebody has the time to bully you, they are dumb. They are lacking. My dad used to tell me that people that gossip, get them away. Gossiping is the lowest form of human communication. Gossiping is bullshit. Talking bad about another human is bullshit. Like There is nothing good about... Saying bad things about another human. You have no flipping clue what that person is going through. You have none. Zero. You don't know how they were raised. You don't know if the kid's parents are bad or 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 neglectful or abusive or or just distant. You don't know what that kid's struggles are. And that kid turns into an adult. And you know maybe that adult is trying like maybe that adult has abandonment issues or whatever. And they're trying and trying and trying. And, and, you know, they've got these things in their past and they're creating a brand for themselves. And that brand is coming out right now. And, and all of a sudden the issues that they have from their childhood are hitting them like a ton of bricks and they are getting, you know, they're, they got turned down or they got this or they got that. Like how do you deal with that? You deal with that by reinforcing, Oh, this is how you deal with it. You deal with it by building your confidence. Mm-hmm. That's a confidence really challenge.
1: Shout well, out Kivo Daily. <laughs> shout
0: out Kivo Daily. So we're doing the confidence challenge. That's 30 days of posting a video of yourself every day on Instagram. It doesn't even sound hard, but guess what? There were two days where it became difficult. Yeah. I didn't feel like posting yeah. a video. I was sad. But one day I, I was just like depressed. Sad one day, depressed the other day. And it doesn't happen to me that often, but like during the time when I had to post the video, it was like, <gasps> I don't want to do it. And I'm great on camera, like I don't care. Yeah. But um, so how do you get more confident? It's a great question, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple things you can do. You can listen to someone that's confident, like Ed Milette. <laughs> You can listen to Andy Frisilla. You can listen to Tony Robbins. You can listen to um, Zig Ziglar. Rom Raviv. Rom Raviv, baby. (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot of people you could listen to. But it's um, Michael Burt. Coach Michael Burt gave me this principle. So I got a shout out to Coach Burt. But he said, borrow swag. Mm -hmm. So you borrow someone else's confidence to make yourself confident when you're in the hole. Number one. Number two, you add to your skill set. You diversify your skills. So I can do all this random stuff. I'm super competent. Dude, I've got a sick camera sitting right next to me. Right. Like I don't need a freaking photographer. Like I could go, I could go post most of my own. I could edit most of my own. Not that I want to do all that. Yeah. But having the confidence to do all those random things makes me a happier and more competent individual. I don't know if you've heard about the four levels or layers of learning, but the first is called unconscious incompetence. It means you don't know that you don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Second one's called conscious incompetence. It means, shit, I know that I don't know. <laughs> and the third one is when you get out of that, it's called conscious competence. Now, when I'm thinking about it, I can do this, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is where you need to strive to get with reading. Okay. So you need to, and, and, and people that are listening that, that are getting bullied or picked on, you need to become consciously competent at what you're doing. Okay. Because when you're, When you're consciously competent, you can be consciously confident too. Mm -hmm. And why is that a thing? Well, because now I'm aware that I can do this thing that I'm doing. And when you want to get actually really confident, is when you're unconsciously competent. Like tying your shoe. Could you tie your shoe without looking? Yeah, I think so. Right. Yes. You could tie
1: your shoe without looking. (laughs) If I held a gun to your head and said, Mom, tie your shoe. I I thought it was a trick question. So I got a little nervous. But
0: (laughs) then if I held a gun to your head and said, freaking tie your shoe with a blindfold, I I, I think I'd be able to. You could tie both your shoes. Yes. (laughs) And it's because you're consciously or, sorry, unconsciously competent at it. Yeah. So you're, but that makes you confident. Yeah. You're confident you could do that. So what people could do that are entrepreneurs or in sales or in any business like this, is master your craft, right? Instead of going to the bar at night, if you're a car salesman, go watch three other videos of guys that are selling cars and practice some of those things they say. Write them down. If you're in real estate, why don't you watch some Tom Ferry or somebody, Ryan Serhant or somebody that's really, really good at what you're trying to do. If you're in tech, why don't you study some some... Elon Musk or whoever, right? Or or Steve Jobs. Watch what these guys are doing to innovate and maybe take some things from them. Um, If you're starting a business and building your personal brand, the only reason you wouldn't be competent that I can see is that you don't know your personal brand and, and or you don't believe in it. So if there's a lack of belief, how are you supposed to focus on it with power and intensity? How are you supposed to come at my personal brand and be like, be like, oh, I just, oh, I don't believe in it. Dude, you have to reframe your thinking or you have to rebrand yourself. Mm-hmm. And some guys, like some people have to rebrand themselves over and over and over and over. And then finally they get there and they get, oh, they get all this judgment from their peers. Like, look at this guy. He did this. Now he's doing that. Now he's doing that. Now he's doing yeah. that. What's like, that's the peanut gallery. Exactly. Screw them. They can, they can say all the crap that they want. They're gossiping. They're dumbing themselves down by, by spending that dude, they're, you're renting space in their head. It's like, they are dumbing themselves. The people just tell yourselves this guys and people are judging you and bullying you just laugh and (laughs) be like, Oh my God, I am so important to this person that they're analyzing my actions.
1: (laughs) That's true. Why do they 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 think so much? Like, why are you, I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely something to think about. Um, But I think I want to talk a little bit about just just in terms of a final uh, piece. way for people to contact you, just kind of plug your social medias out there, um, whatever your businesses are. And so if they have any questions about what we talked about in the episode, I know we will do a live as well, giving people a little bit more insight. And then, yeah, and then honestly, this was a very value-packed episode. It was not as concentrated as other ones. It was more of a free flow, talking about different areas of people's life where they can really master it. Um, and, and yeah, man, it was really a pleasure, uh, pleasure hopping on with you.
0: Dude, it was, it's been great, man. I talked to you for a while last night Mm -hmm. and that was a lot of fun. Um, so you can contact me on Instagram and can you, is this
1: backwards? No, no, it's perfect. But, uh, okay. So the podcast listeners are on audio. So if you could just, uh, okay.
0: So my Instagram handle is at Mike Cimarelli jr. So it's Mike, M I K E. C-I-M-O-R-E-L-L-I, Jr., J-R. So it, if you start typing Mike C-I-M, it should come right up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a picture of, I was making fun of, I can't remember what, but I put like Mike Cimarelli in green with like a gold crown over it, Suck. almost like a um, <laughs> um, But yeah. Oh, actually, Rom inspired me to make a ring. Now I did a green ring just to be different but like Rom was making these cool, like profile rings. I don't know if you still are, but you were
1: eh, a little bit.
0: It was a, it was a neat idea. Um, and I was like, I don't want the same ring, but that's kind of cool. So I made a green ring on Canva and, um, I put Mike Cimarelli in between actually I was making fun of something else. It was an inside joke with me and a couple of my friends, but mm-hmm. yeah. So at Mike C-I-M-O-R-E-L-L-I-J-R. Um, yeah, you can find me there. I'm on Twitter too, but I hardly ever use it. I'm on Facebook if you want to look me up. It's also Mike Cimarelli. Um, I don't think it's Junior, but yeah, man.
1: All right, Mike, thank you for hopping on. Honestly, I got tremendous value, and I'm sure all the listeners will as well. This was another long one. This is my second long one in a row, but of course, tons and tons of value dropped. No time wasted at all, and uh, thanks again for hopping on.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, this is my first podcast and I can't wait to interview you next.
1: On your podcast. So, Let's go. Yeah. All right, so I'm man.
0: excited. I appreciate it. And um, I'm very humbled. And again, thank you very much. I'll talk All to you right. soon. See you guys on the next episode.